0: T.J. Curtis is along with us. He is a member of the Saddle Butte Ag Group that's helping us to bring you fishers and farmers neighbor to neighbor today. And he is in Blooming Prairie, Minnesota himself covering a lot of territory around the upper Midwest. T.J., this is a perfect time to talk to you. I visit with uh, John Scherder down in Hannibal, Missouri, six inches in a day. Then another incident not too far after that, another three inches. And singing the praises of cover crops. Then swing geography and talk about what's happening in the upper Midwest where there's no rain. How do cover crops respond in those situations?
1: Uh, That's great to talk about, Pam, especially what we have going on this year. Um, So in the wet years, what we've seen is we've improved our infiltration levels. And that's where those five six inches rains were really seen. Where we have a gr- active growing cover or a, or dead cover laying there, we get the great water infiltration. Now the flip side of that is we've always thought that because of that holding capacity, if we had good cover and good good stand of cover crop, in the drought conditions would be a little bit better. We are, but we've seen some snafus this spring. So if you take my territory, which is Iowa, Minnesota, the Dakotas, Nebraska, and Wisconsin, anything north of probably Des Moines, we got cold multiple times this spring. So it actually held the cover crops back. Like the rye went back in a dormancy, the oats did come on as strong, the ryegrass slowed up. So we didn't see the big, huge growth, and then it went reproductive. When it went reproductive, we'd gotten really dry and we're cold. Some of the ground got really rock hard where those covers were growing which is kind of an anomaly that happens at a certain phase of the cover crop's life of like a cereal rye or a cereal grain. It gets rock hard because it's taken up a lot of nutrients, a lot of moisture, and the ground gets fairly hard. We had some guys that had a hard time planting into some of that. Now, and, and, it, and it looks tough. And what I tell everybody is when you look at cover crop fields and you got that brown backdrop, a lot of times the green corn or the green beans don't look as good in them. It always kind of looks like it's kind of held back. It doesn't look as good. It's shorter. But then about July 4th rolls around, and you see this kick, and everything kind of explodes. And we're we're ground that's been worked as drought stressing now, which we're seeing a lot of that. Our cover crop farms are really shining through there. The leaves are open. The ground temperature is staying cooler. We're doing ground temperature readings. We're keeping stuff under 100 degrees, which means your corn is still growing. Your beans are still growing. You're not respirating moisture. We got pictures out in bare ground of 140, 150 degrees at the surface in the middle of the afternoon crop farms down ninety five degrees at the surface. So it was a deal where we had kind of a roller coaster ride. It it looked good and then it didn't look good and now it's looking good again. So what I tell everybody is you just can't look at the crop. What's going to determine this is when the combines roll through the field.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now we, we can't predict the the weather from here, let's say, through the rest of uh, July into August. Uh, what's your greatest concern about the conversations you've got to have with your cover crop growers, uh, TJ, if this persistent drought pattern continues?
1: So if we stay dry, what we've already been talking to these guys about, Pam, is we might have to change application rates or ways that we're going to put the cover crop seed out there. So we're starting to look at doing a couple different scenarios. One in beans going to corn is going in at leaf drop or right before leaf drop like we normally do. But we might tweak the species around and go with a higher legume, lower brassica mix and leave the grass out for right now. Come back in and drill the grass. And the reason we're talking about doing that is a little bit of dew and the leaf drop. We're hoping to get those small seeds established, get them running down the ground. Get them there so they're there before the cereals get put in, like the winter trit, the winter rye, oats, whatever we might use, barley. If it just stays bone dry, you know, you look at aerial application, you look at a ground rig going through there, we might have to put more stuff in the ground. Everything that we drilled last year looked terrific because we put it in the ground. Either it germinated because there was some moisture there or it just laid there dormant until it got moisture and then it germinated and came up. So we're having a lot of conversations of plan A, plan B, plan C, and possibly plan D, you know, but we still have guys that want to do it. I mean, the beauty is we haven't anybody just say, you know what, I'm not going to do it. They're like, okay, what, what are our options? So, in fact, last night I met with the group up in uh, the Rice, Rice County, that group that you interviewed a few yeah. weeks or a few months ago, and we sat down by the lake and had... Had uh, had pizza and had a few drinks and talked about plans. And we got plan A through D put together for those those gentlemen up there. And it starts out with the high-clearance machine or the plane, goes to the drill, goes to a bulk seater with rotary hoe. So we got a lot of ideas of how we're going to get this, but they're not quitting. And that's the beauty of the groups I work with. They're not quitting. They're saying, well, whatever what do we have to do to make this work? So we keep moving our options around. We keep moving our options around. So that's a big part of what we have to keep doing is – not just stick to this is plan A and this is the only plan. We've got to have plan A through D. And that's what we've kind of started to put together.
0: Hey, I've got to ask you then, with that, that pre-planning conversation happening, what about seed availability and what I'm going to need, TJ? You've, you've got your pulse on that because you guys basically are producers. Tell me a little bit about that.
1: So right now, you know, our seed supply is good, Pam. Um, we are going to see a slowdown in it, though. You know, and the, 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 the drought in the Dakotas, and up into the western part of Canada, the plains of Canada is going to take some of the rye crop, and it's going, to, it's going to dwindle it. You know, so what I'm telling my growers right now, if you know you need rye, get it booked and get it ordered from your dealers or myself so we can start moving it in July and August. Because the flip side of this coin is this. We don't have trucks. Trucking is just a nightmare right now. Um, I just had a conversation with a guy in Colorado, and he said they came out and said there's a fuel shortage. A trucking company came out and said, no, it's not a fuel shortage. We don't have drivers to drive the trucks. We have fuel. We just don't have any way to get it to you. We're dealing with the same thing here right now. We are short of drivers. We are short of trucks. And so I'm telling my guys, earlier movement is way better. Get it on the list. So we got two months to get it to you, or a month and a half. Because you call me September one, and say I want four loads of cereal rye. It might be the middle of September before you see them. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm hoping we move it faster, but we're being very proactive. Same out of the West, out of our main plant. We're working really hard intermodal and everything to get seed here in the Midwest. And our warehouses in the Midwest, we're about we're about busting at the seams right now. We're, we've are we loaded up well here.
0: Well, that's good to know. That's good to know. You know, I'm starting to think for those folks that might have been considering cover crops this year and now the concern about weather, how long can this cover crop seed theoretically lay in the ground tj without any moisture to kind of get it activating i mean these are the questions if i'm just thinking about getting into cover crops that i'm wondering about
1: so surface application we always say 14 days and it's not so much that it the dry weather affects it it's the predator levels that eat it and we see that a lot i mean we we go out and we find seed that's been chewed on and it, they the beauty of the beauty of the birds and everything is they eat up just enough at the end so it doesn't germinate you know, So they, they really they really love doing that to us. So okay. uh, we always say about fourteen, ten to 14 days, and we've got to have some action. So at that point, like I said, we're born dry, vertical till with uh, gandy box or something of that nature to get some seed-to-soil contact, uh, no-till drills, whatever you might be looking at, is, is what we need to to apply this stuff with because we've got to get it in the soil at that point if it's just born dry. It will lay there. We've had stuff lay there all, all fall and the next spring it takes off and terminates but we got to get it in the ground. On top of the ground at that point, you it's a you smorgasbord you put out there for the mice and all the predators, and they love us. They love us for feeding them. They like to be fat and happy. Yep. You know, I'm a pretty good-sized dude, too, but you know what? I'm not going to sit there and keep feeding them because they're a pest to me. I don't, I don't want to keep feeding them. I want it to grow. They can eat off the plant when it comes up if they well, want, but I don't want to meet the seed.
0: And I've watched them. You watch birds and that. They'll follow right behind the cedar if they get the chance.
1: Oh, big time. Big time. We just had a guy that did some frost seed in the spring on some tile lines. And he said he looked out and he thought it was like the birds movie. He said the birds are just swarming out there. and He realized they had all his cover crops seed. And he goes, well, I, at least I fed them, I guess. And I said, well, you, you helped them out. But he said, yeah, I was sitting there Sunday afternoon watching the birds attack my cover crops thinking, do i do i can't stop
0: yeah i i hear you tj curtis along with us he is with uh saddle butte ag again a great partner with us for the fishers and farmers program find them online just google saddle butte uh, bioforge and they'll be happy to help you out answering some of these questions because that really is the boots on the ground approach that tj takes with all of his clients and uh, anything as far as field demonstrations or items that are coming up tj that will help people get their eyes on a project that helps them understand what you're telling us i mean a year ago we couldn't have even thought about it but this year it sounds like there's a few more of those events happening
1: yep so we're gonna have a soil health school in southern minnesota if you google the uh soil health uh, uh minnesota soil health group, you can find it. We have a group or a project going down in Austin in September. It'll be a two-day school to show different ideas on cover crops, how to apply them, different species. Uh, we got some local watershed stuff in the Cannon River. or the, It's called the Clean River Water Partnership now. Uh, they're doing a lot of stuff in the the uh, cannon where we had some local field days happening There's some national field days in iowa iowa learning farms and pfi has several series of stuff going on so there's a lot of learning going on and i tell you one thing pam i've been to several of these things and i tell you see the big old grins in the audience the guys are just like i'm glad to be back here you know everybody liked the virtual it got us through but everybody just is glad to be sitting around the table cup of coffee in front of them with their you know kind of just with their peer group just visiting and and talking and feeling this kind of normal again and feel that we're accomplishing something so you know i tell everybody let's get back out and and be safe you know if you're not feeling good or you got something going on if you want to wear a mask i got no problem with that if you're feeling fine you know just practice the protocols we've been put in front of us and and we can keep meeting this way so that's what we want to keep doing
0: Yeah. Well, and to your point, uh, it's uh, it's a lot easier to learn when you're leaning against a post talking to a guy that's been down that path and These uh, opportunities, Uh, like you said, aside from the social function, we just seem to learn a little bit better that way. TJ Curtis along with us again, Saddle Butte Ag, a partner with us as far as fishers and farmers, neighbor to neighbor. If you want to find them, you can jump online again, saddlebutte.com, saddlebutteag.com, Google 360 forage, the bio till cover crops. What else are we missing at this critical stage in July, TJ, that people need to be aware of?
1: We just need to start talking about what you want to do, Pam. Get out and talk to your dealers. Call me. Call one of my other reps. Let's start getting stuff lined up because, you know, this weekend's the 4th of July. And I'm very proud to be an American. Getting a little emotional here. Very proud to be an American and be able to be here to do this. But at the same time, let's start planning for the fall because the next thing you know, it'll be fair time. And it'll be Labor Day. And it'll be fall. So let's, let's start getting the plans put together now. And that way we can execute them when we need to. Let's start moving seed. Let's start get the plans. Get out, meet with your dealers, give me a call, and give my other reps, Brian Whelan, Ron Eltoff, Wade Culver, call the office. I just had two people call out there, and they gave me the number, and I talked to them yesterday from Wisconsin. So just give us a call, and let's start putting some plans together. Like I said, that group I met with last night, we got plan A through D, and we'll execute one of them. We just don't know which one it's yet, but we've got to get plans on the books
0: so we know what we're doing. T.J. Curtis, again, along with us from Saddle Butte Ag. He is your trusted advisor that's ready to help you out when it comes to any question on cover crops any question as far as seed availability and like he said it is time to get things moving and make sure that we have seed where it needs to be when it needs to be there like he said it's not about supply it may be about the transportation issue and available drivers talk to him directly his direct phone number 507 area code 3-3-9-1-7-4-2. That's 1742 That's 507-339-1742. And he'll make sure that if you're not in his trade area, that he connects you with another fantastic Saddle Butte uh, staff member. And or, like I said, get on their website, Saddle Butte Ag, Google BioTill Cover Crops, or 360 Forage. They are our sponsor. Along with us, Fishers and Farmers, Neighbor to Neighbor.